This podcast is listener supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash RedBullRant. The following podcast may contain language not suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Red Bull Rant Podcast, the unofficial, official Red Bull Podcast of SB Nation and What's Metro. I'm your host, Jason Ifico. I'm Pat McDonald. I'm Truman, and this is unofficially, officially, episode 158, Feather Plucking. Uh, so much plucking to be done. Screaming chicken, Feather Plucking. Yeah, because <clears throat> even though the eagles are no longer endangered species, they, they shouldn't be touched. Um, so, <laughs> Red Bulls hosted DC United on Sunday, three nothing shellacking at the hands of the Red Bulls. Whooping. Uh, you can come up with any adjective, really. It would it would make sense. Dominate, humiliate, whatever you want to do. Uh, Red Bulls. So the Red Bulls take back the Atlantic Cup by a combined seven goals to two. Huh. Um, which apparently the Red Bulls are actually touting now because uh, it was. One was a parade in front of the South Ward after the game on Sunday, and two, it was apparently on display at the town hall last night. So they're taking that as a serious trophy. Apparently. I think it's I think it's anything to rub it in the faces of DC. That's really what it is. Well, I mean, we are, we we can rub it in their faces when we're above them in the standings in a few weeks. But it's just I guess it's icing on the cake for now. It's it's a little kick in the nuts, is what it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So uh, Lloyd Sam with the opening goal, Brother Phillips with the other two, one of which was. Questionably offside. If you talk to, if you listen to Simon Borga, though, apparently someone, I know. someone made. This is the best part. Someone made the comments on the YouTube video. That line is not drawn correctly. <laughs> to discredit for to discredit BWP's uh, onside position in that play. Got to so, use, got to use a protractor, Simon. Use a protractor. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, math is hard, apparently. So. Uh, <laughs> let's get right into this with our uh, like this because we have a lot to talk about. So we're actually going to have a little bit of less time on this match. So no. uh, this like of the game, Pat, you can go first. What was what, your dislike? Uh, want to start with dislikes? Yeah. All right. We, oh, we got to end on the happy notes. Yeah, exactly. All right. What did I dislike? And I think Truman's going to concur. Yeah. Uh, is Truman and I decided to move to the end the team is scoring on in the second half. And uh, at first, it started out lovely, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a little dark up there. We thought there was, like, you know, a Section 214 troll that was just going to, like, come out from hiding in the back. Like, <laughs> you know, but uh, other than that, you know, it, you know, it's hard to take away from the enjoyment of the game. But unfortunately, there were fans in our sections who did their best to take away the enjoyment of the game. I mean, there was some kid to my right who was throwing, like, Sour Patch Kids over the ledge uh, to the point that, you know, had he done it one more time, I was literally going to warn him that I was going to grab security if he did it one more time. Uh, and then behind us, we just had the drunkest, most idiotic fans of the face of the earth who were, like, bipolar because they couldn't make up their minds as to whether or not they were into the game or Euro snobs. It, it was just going back and forth with all the nonsense they were just shouting. It makes me... It almost makes me never want to drink again watching a soccer game <laughs> because I do like the beer. 
So, but uh, it, it was just, it was extremely irritating. It really took away from the enjoyment of the game, which should have been nothing but enjoyable. Um, so that uh, would be my only big dislike. Mind you, you have an entire section to choose from because that corner, there was really no one up there after like the sixth row. Mm-hmm. And uh, not like we're encouraging switching seats during the half, but that's what you get when you attack the away end, uh, the quote unquote away end in the second half, which just drives me crazy. Uh, it's not the Red Bulls' fault, but what are you going to do? Uh, you know, it started with like I don't, I don't know how many were there, maybe three or four of these chuckleheads, and then there was like fifty of them at the end of the game. And mind you, these guys weren't just sitting in their seats the whole game. These guys just showed up, probably maybe had the same idea we did. Yep. Uh, there were it was like all ages. There was this old guy in a Hawaiian shirt, this idiot <laughs> with a giant straw hat. They shattered something made out of glass that shattered all over in their section. I don't know what it was. Yeah, they I didn't even have trophy glass. With them. Right. I don't know what this thing was. We heard a loud crashing sound. There's glass all over the place. The one guy is calling Dax, Dax McCarthy. Thankfully, someone corrected him. Uh, one guy said we were going to be in first place, so he's an idiot. Mm-hmm. It was like a, it was a row of fools. Yep. It was a row of fools. It really was. It did take away from the game because I'm sorry. If I'm, anytime I go to a sporting event and I'm clearly moving my seats to somewhere else where I know there's, you know, not a lot of people there, I, I don't, I don't just sit directly behind or in front of other people. It's like the movie theater. Yeah. You know, you give everybody space unless it gets crowded. Give everyone room. We're here, we're watching the game, we're having a good time. The people in front of us were having a great time. You know, mm-hmm. there's, we're, we're having a blast. And these idiots wouldn't shut up with whatever, starting their own dumb freaking lines. I don't even know. They were, they were morons. I, yeah. It really was almost unbearable. Yeah. And they're like, every time Sasha questioned Chester Boy, like, you should have stayed in Anderlecht. It's amateur hour. Yeah, I was praying he would have scored a goal and he had a couple chances. It would have been phenomenal. Had he scored a goal. And that was arguably his best game of the year, too. Yeah, of course. Well, they're, like, again, we're talking about guys who said Dax McCarthy. Oh, I know. I know. Dax McCarthy. And, and, uh, and, uh, just to kind of rub it in those guys' face, uh, who was nominated for player of the month? I think it was Sasha Question, actually. Yeah. Well, what do they, what would they know? Yeah. Chuckleheads. Ugh. Let's move on, shall we? So do you have another dislike, or is that one you're? No, that was that's that okay. was it. It was what Jay. What else can you dislike? I could complain about the referee not carding scissor tackles, but uh, I'm just gonna go back to the the Fox Sports advertisement takes up 40 percent of the screen. Fuck you guys! Come on, there's there's enough ways to get advertising on TV that you don't need to take up 40 percent of the screen. Just stop it already. That's that's it. That's that's if, if that's my biggest complaint, then. You know it's a good game. Yeah. So, Pat, sorry, so Truman, you can kick us off on the likes. Uh, boy, where to begin? I, I don't know. I like the, the, uh, the TIFO that went up, which was great. Um, but I will say, maybe I'll just give it to the man again. And that's not even BWP, because he was awesome. Another great assist by Grella. Another fantastic assist for that second goal. Which BWP just absolutely rocketed into the corner. I mean, that was a blast. Oh, goal of the week nominee blast. I got, I got to step in. Let me say this. I found it funny that people were complaining about Bradley Wright Phillips finishing and Mike Grella's having some issues in the beginning of the first half. 
and then immediately saying, I'm sorry, when that goal happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, the body of work for the rest of the year doesn't matter in this one game, but then all of a sudden that one moment just erases everything else in the game. Uh, that was absolutely beautiful. And really, you know, we joke about it all the time, but this was another game they could have put so many more goals up. I think Dax even said that. They could have scored, like, five goals. They... The entire game, they ran absolutely rough shot on DC. DC didn't know what to do. They were so lost in that game. They were very, very fortunate. It was just a three nothing win. Oh yeah, I mean, like what Ben Ben Olsen after the game couldn't do anything. I mean, he just flat out said (laughs) they are the class of the uh, rebels of the class of the East, and uh, you know, it's yeah, it was just a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch. uh, my like, I guess, you know what, I'm just going to have to give it to BWP. I mean, this guy comes up in the big games, there's no doubt about it, and uh, that's something that's going to be great uh, going forward, obviously. Uh, you know, I don't think he's going to hit his 20-goal total, but, you know, at this rate he might, or 27-goal total, but at this rate he might hit 20. Um, so it's just, I mean, especially when I think a lot of people are expecting a down year, especially after the way it started. Um, it's just great to see how well he's playing. And, you know, like Truman said, you just can't say enough about that goal. It was, it was a thing of beauty. Um, definitely one of the be- better ones I've been in Red Bull Arena for. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's just, you know, big like BWP and uh, just the way that this team is playing and how it doesn't look like they're letting up at all. And you got to love it. So, for the record, because uh, I was shooting this during the game, Last year, Bradley Phillips had 29 combined goals and assists. He's at 20 this year. There you go. So, goal production may be down, but he is having arguably, if his pace continues, a better season in terms of overall production. Yeah, killing it. And if I'm not mistaken, one of the, the knocks against him last year was he didn't do enough in terms of assists in terms for MVP voting. So, is he going to get in this year now? Not saying he actually deserves it, but if... Goals and assists are a metric of standard, then he's having a hell of a season. So We shall see. Um, my like actually happened uh, after the game. Uh, the Fox cameras caught this, and it was great. Um, you know, Traditionally, the coaches shake hands at the end of the game, so Marsh and Olsen shake hands. Uh, Marsh continued shaking hands with the rest of the D.C. staff, and apparently Olsen wasn't done talking. But Marsh <laughs> basically ignored him and kept going on... Uh, Shook hands with the DC staff, went and shook hands with the referee. Wilson looked like he was very annoyed that he didn't get to say whatever he wanted to. <clears throat> and then Grant Wall, who apparently is now a sideline reporter, in addition to whatever else he does, um, asked Jesse Marsh what that was about. <clears throat> and Marsh's response, one simple word, nothing. <laughs> Such a badass moment for Jesse Marsh. <laughs> I mean, basically saying, screw you to Ben Olsen and just... <laughs> Twisting the dagger on TV. That's just great. <laughs> so I, I got a quick question because me and Truman actually talked about it a little bit after the game. Uh, and he'd probably be the best person on the show to answer this. As of right now, is this the best the Red Bulls slash Metro Stars have ever played? Are we talking the standings or? We're talking just team season kind of thing. Now, take this with a grain of salt since I've only started. I've only been fully following, uh, fully following the team since 2011, but since that time, this is probably the best team I've seen. I mean, we d- haven't seen an August slump like we have in the, in the past few years. It de- definitely what, is for me since 2010. Yeah, what I uh, what I was saying too that 
and this season, uh, it's far from over. And I would encourage anyone who would like to add anything to this conversation, you can tweet us or email us or whatever. But top to bottom, this is one of the best teams I've seen. Uh, you've had better star players for sure, but it's a, it's a very deep team. Once the team is actually fully healthy, it's going to be even deeper. You know, you still have a couple injuries on the defense here and there. Uh, you got Zubar, who's not so great. So there's a little weakness in him, but he's not going to, you know, he's not a starter. Mm-hmm. Um, Miller's now out six to eight weeks for MCL right. So, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, he's, he's the most easily forgettable player on this team right now. He really is, which is amazing because he had such a bounce back year last year. But just from a starting 11, this team is ridiculous. And then when you can bring on Sean Wright Phillips off the bench, you know, you can bring on this, the young kid, Throne, and you have Zizo coming in and playing frickin' defense for crying out loud. <laughs> you know, this, again, is going to look like a very, very difficult team to beat. And if they get, if they finish first uh, in the Eastern Conference and will have that home field advantage, poof. Look out! And they're not a they're they're a good road team. That's good. they're a very yeah. decent road team this year. So you know what was funny last week when we had Jason Anderson on from uh, Blackburn United. He actually said that if the Red Bulls won, they'd be the front runner for the Eastern Conference. And we we didn't laugh at him, but we were like, but they're still, you know, DC is still a good team. After this week, I am very inclined to agree with him. Matt, Matt Doyle. Matt Doyle said in an article, yeah, he said he he said he pretty much. Uh, I think he it may have even been before the game. He said, "When the rebels uh, catch DC, and let me be clear, they will." <laughs> yeah, it's like it's yeah. This is a great team. I, I I ran into a friend last night who was at the game, and uh, you know he's he's big time soccer fan, uh, EPL, all that stuff. And uh, he's like, he's, you know, he's like, that was the best I've ever seen. I don't know how much LA he's watched this year, but <laughs> he said that's the best he's ever seen out of an MLS team. So, well, we, this will get mentioned later, but LA is not exactly a great road team, so they're kind of Jekyll and Hyde. They, they have that road issue, which is why it's important we secure that supporter shield. <laughs> yes, hugely, hugely important. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about how the playoff picture shapes up in the third segment. But so, um, for the predictions, our prediction contest, I have to go. I called exactly three nothing last week. I think there's always time to gloat when you when you not only get it right, but you get it right against DC. Oh yeah. Oh sure, that's even better. You know, that's when you can really live high in the hog for a week. Yeah. Um. So everybody predicted wins. So <laughs> we're not idiots. Nobody. So any. I'm the only one that got three points. Everybody else got one. So the current standings are Truman. You got twenty points. Pat has seventeen. I gained two two points back on both of you guys. So I'm at sixteen. Um. Aaron Barris at 12. Let's play FIFA, which I picked back up. Um, is up at 12, tied with Austin Fido, Steve Toto, uh, Bobby Solentano, and then everybody else has 10 or less. There you go. All right, uh, so that's all we have for the DC match. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have on with us from onceometro.com, Austin Fido. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Red Bull Rant. We want to welcome back to the show from onceametro.com. Uh, one of the editors there, 
works uh d- does some great work for us. Mr. Austin Fido. Austin, welcome back to the show. Good evening. Thank you very much for having me. So how about the Chicago game? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, hold on. Oh, that's right. We beat the shit out of DC. I, I see. I would let him rant about the pound, or the corner kick, but he already wrote like a five thousand word article on it, so we don't need to go into that again. <laughs> <laughs> the best, the best part was Jay Katniss from uh, Benton Musket wrote like a two thousand word follow up. <laughs> like it wasn't good enough for Austin just rant. It had to be a, a guy on loan doing his um, referee st- shit on our site, <laughs> and, and almost like do half the stuff that Austin did. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to. to... Spoil anything, but there may there may be yet a third piece on that since PRO decided to come out and there you go. Um, I, I, I await that. that. That's news to me. So yeah, the the play of the week thing they did, they came out and uh, decided to to repeat the fact that, or in their mind, the fact that it, it was a dud play, um, which requires you to leave out all sorts of inconvenient facts about it that should be. Known to a professional refereeing organization, but we'll get into that on the site. Well, at least look on the bright side. At least Simon Borg didn't talk about it because that would be even more annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some genuine debate instead of just shouting at, at, at run-of-the-mill tackles every week. But anyway, <laughs> well, yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, so Red Bulls took on DC United. You know, the last match against their arch rivals for the year. Uh, came with, with a very impressive three nothing victory. Uh, what what were your thoughts on? And, and I actually let me go this way. Um, at least internally, I forget how much we've written about this publicly, but internally we've been talking about um, a style of football or soccer. Sorry, I've slipped into English there apparently. Um, it's a style of play called gen um, gen pressing, which is basically what we seem to have saw against DC on Sunday. So what are your thoughts about that and the Red Bulls? Um, I don't think we're there yet. I'm not German, but I think it's gegenpressing. Oh, um, okay. Well, sorry. I, you know what? I can't read it correctly. I can't pronounce fucking names. Like, how am I going to pronounce that? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm certainly not here to correct your German, because that's going to get me into all sorts of trouble, since I don't know any <laughs> German. Um, but... Uh, whatever it's called, and it, it's it, we're not quite there yet. But yes, Ralph Ralph Rangnick, as we mentioned on the site, the the is, is strongly associated with that style of play and is now uh, installed at Red Bull uh, in Europe. And uh, we do seem to be trying to get on board. And um, I think that's you know as you might expect, as the season's gone on, we've got better and better at it. Um, and and surprisingly, perhaps, the the teams in MLS who must have spotted this, unless they, they just don't pay attention to the industry they work in, uh, seem to have got worse and worse at dealing with it. So it's the, what, the third time we've seen DC this season, um, and they've they've not looked great at us, uh, great on the prior two occasions. But I think that's not just perhaps the best we've looked in terms of how we want to play, but maybe the worst DC has looked in the three times that we've played them. So all very encouraging for us. Yeah, that was a um, – you know, I thought the Toronto game was the beating of epic proportions, but this was clearly the bigger beating uh, because at least Toronto had chances when they came here. D.C. was – what did they have? Did they have two shots on net? Three shots on net? I think it was two. Two? Mm-hmm. I'll look it up. And one was more. And one was more past Robles. <laughs> it totally was. <laughs> here you go. Whatever. Just kick the ball this way. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, we had BWP and Daxoff 
what, before the 80th minute. Um, I reckon if you were sitting in the front row of the stands behind the behind the bench, you had a reasonable shot at getting on the field. Who <laughs> <laughs> needs to get their time in? Whatever, get in there. Exactly. So for the record, it was nine total shots by DC, only two of which were on target. Right, two. Okay, yeah. yep. That was right. There you go. So who's next? You. Me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, you, you, you ask show, questions. Your it's, show. My show. Well, you, you don't really, you rarely ask questions, so you gotta step up at some point. I know. I usually come up third or fourth. Uh, well, third. So there we you only go. have three hosts. <laughs> I know. One of you usually goes twice. <laughs> Martin knows what he wants to say, but he's wait, he's waiting for me to put the noose around my neck first. I think. Uh, does one of you have something? Because I got nothing right now. All right, let's how about this? Let's go to town hall first. So yeah, go to town hall. We're we're gonna we'll talk about our opinions on this stuff later. But so the Red Bulls hosted their town hall 2.0 as they were calling it last night. Um, much different atmosphere than the first. Uh, for those of you who listened to the first, you remember a lot of. Let me phrase that. For those of you who listened on delay for the first, since you had to be there live or listen on SoundCloud. Um, there was a lot of cursing in the first one that was bleeped out, so a lot of yelling over um, Curtis and uh, the Grand Prix. I can't, I can't say his name. I don't know why. Thank you. I, I, I seriously, I am fucking terrible names. Anyway, <laughs> there was a lot of cursing, shouting over guys. They're trying to talk, and uh, this was almost like a complete 180. The guys were given plenty of time to talk, get their stuff out there. People were a lot more respectful and asking questions. Um, th- there were some people who still pointed. Uh, criticisms and questions, but overall the general tone was completely different. Um, not talking about the actual context of what they were, what they said at the town hall. What do you think of the atmosphere uh, last night versus January? Obviously, it was very, very different. I mean, I, what I found most encouraging was that it happened at all because they, the obviously the atmosphere in January was 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 pretty salty. Um, they they might have reasonably decided not to do it again. Um, and I think I, I, I applaud the club for not only deciding to do it again, but deciding or saying publicly that they're going to do it twice yearly forever, or certainly for at least as long as, as the current group is in charge. Um, that, far beyond what was actually said, um, I think was a very important step, uh, and, and they definitely deserve a lot of credit for that. Any particular question or part of it that you uh, actually found informative? Um, I thought the the stuff that uh, that I, I believe it was in response to a question that Jason posed on Twitter. Um, the stuff on the resident residency program I thought was very revealing. Um, we got a very complete response out of uh, what seemed like a very complete response out of Ali Curtis on that. That they really are looking hard at a residency program. That they're looking into how they would construct a curriculum at the high school and perhaps the college level, that they're talking to a college um, about, you know, I assume about something uh, to do with facilities. Um, that doesn't mean that they're going to have a residency program, but certainly they're, they're, they're exploring it. And that news, as far as I know, has, has not been out there. Um, so to me, that was, that was a very interesting answer. Um, and perhaps speaks to the value of these town halls because they can't they can't necessarily put every single piece of news out there even if they want to. Um, so it's a good vehicle for kind of drawing out uh, stuff about the club that maybe just hasn't been reported because no one's bothered to ask the question. For the record, even though my question got through, that 
it was not my question originally. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> it was uh, Lester Townsend, I think Aaron Bauer, the two of them, if that was their question, just for the record. <laughs> take credit, man. Take credit. Come on. I, I take credit. I take credit Humility. for that on Twitter and getting it through, but my, it was not my question originally. That's all I want to say. My interest in that question is probably because I've been hearing Lester ask it for, for something like the last month. So. <laughs> Now, there, there was at least one fan who still doesn't have faith in uh, the leadership of this team. Uh, but do you think that – do you think there's any reason now to, to doubt in Ali Curtis, Jesse Marsh, uh, and the like uh, running this squad right now? Uh, for me, I mean, first I would say you, know, 25, you want 25,000 people a week turning up to, to watch the team. Uh, you're going to get differences of opinion, and that's fine. Um, but, yeah, for me, um, they're, doing a, they're doing a very good job. Um, the team is playing very well on the field. Everything that we understand about the way that they are structuring the the club, the way they're going, they're constantly, it seems, bringing in trialists. So they're looking ahead to next year already. Um, uh, everything everything seems to be very in, in very very good order. Um, and as they keep saying, they're not done yet. Um, and as as we've mentioned on on one Symmetro, since we believe that we are we we are basically playing to to Red Bull's master plan as as devised in Europe, um, we definitely are not done yet. Um, there's a long way to go tactically, uh, and there's a long way to go with building out the squads the way they want to build them out. But so far, so very very good. Sorry, I'll, that I'll get it. <laughs> Austin's in high demand. <laughs> I swear to God, if that's seeing red, you're never coming on the show again. <laughs> <laughs> they can't poach everybody we have, damn it. Come on! I didn't, I didn't realize podcast guest was an exclusive position. <laughs> <laughs> you signed the deal. You know what this was. <laughs> I just came here to get shouted out by Pat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say it. We're going to say that for the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So looking forward, Red Bulls, uh, three games in hand on uh, chickens. Uh, do you see an Eastern Conference title? And bigger than that, what's the possibility of uh, Supporter Shield? I think both are, uh, are very good, and I think that's what they should be focused on at the moment. Um, uh, MLS Cup is a lottery, as we know. Um, may well come down to home advantage. So even if we get to the final, I mean, let's say we're in the final against LA. LA is... Uh, possibly the most bipolar good team MLS has seen ever, certainly maybe in the since they went to 34 games. Terrible on the road, unbeatable at home. Um, so I wouldn't uh, uh, I wouldn't be too concerned about MLS Cup. You take your chances with that, but the Shield is it's right there. Right? I mean, we're nine nine games away. Uh, it's a very open race. I think it'll go down to the last week. Um, but we're definitely in it, and every game we win is another step closer. I'll say this. I still like the schedule uh, for this team. It's very uh, – this is like the home-friendly schedule, which I like. And I'll say this, and I said this, I think right at the beginning of the seal that I, uh, season, I really believe that the Supporter Shield winner will come out of the Eastern Conference, and that was just strictly because there are some two expansion teams and Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's – <laughs> That's a good joke. Um, we have a little too much Chicago in our last nine games for me to be super confident. Um, my my nightmare is that we head into the last week of the season. Uh, basically, it's 2013 all over again. We're playing Chicago. 
And if oh. we win, we win the shield. Except this time, we're not at home. Let's just get the let's get the job done before that, shall we? Let's just get it get it out of the way, can we please? Exactly. <laughs> I thought Pat was gonna go next. I had to cough. Okay, well, Alright, well uh I'm trying to think of the question. So uh you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna initiate this. Yeah. I wanna hear how this goes. So we we've had two pieces go up at uh once metro uh in the last two days. The first one was on uh Wednesday by uh Juan Win. And he looked at the influence of uh, I Ralph. I can't even say his name. I said terrible at names, but uh, <laughs> Ralph, whoever, who's been Ralph uh, is what's his name? I said Ralph is surely good enough. Oh, Ralph. Okay, uh, I believe right now he's the coach at Leipzig, uh, but he was at one point uh, sporting director for Leipzig and Salzburg combined, and the post looked at the link between the New York Red Bulls and the philosophy that Ralph was bringing to the Red Bulls organization over in Europe. And the second was about uh, focusing on Curtis and Marsh and how those two have been implementing, well, uh, it's not necessarily about the implementation, but how basically uh, the reason for success this year is because of the two guys being, and more specifically about both of them being MLS slifers. Uh, Both of them started as players Curtis moved on to be um, and worked in the MLS front office and then to the Red Bulls, as everybody knows, and Jesse Marsh was coach of the Montreal Impact in their expansion year, and then uh, is now our coach. <coughs> but the thing is, uh, Pat and Austin are a little divided on their opinions of this stuff, so, so this is where it's going to get fun. Um, <laughs> I'll let Austin go first, since he's the guest. Uh, what, what is your philosophy around all this stuff? Uh, when you say philosophy, what do I what, think is... Or ideas. What, your, your, uh, thoughts, your thoughts, how's that? That's probably okay. the word. To lay it out pretty simple, um, Ralph Rangnick, the former sporting director of both Salzburg and Leipzig, um, and now nominally the, the head coach of Leipzig, but uh, Ralph Rangnick is running Red Bull Soccer globally uh, from a tactical perspective. Uh, He was appointed in 2012 to bring Salzburg and Leipzig onto the same page tactically and also uh, off the pitch in terms of coordination of the coaching departments, the scouting departments, the medical departments. Uh, Those two clubs are as closely integrated as as they can get them in in the time since 2012 at this point. Um, And the appointment of... Curtis and Marsh um, signaled the Red Bulls in New York being brought into that same strategy. So we are now on that page. We are now going to play our soccer the way Salzburg and Leipzig are trying to play theirs. Um, we have access to all the same resources. Um, there will be, you know, a certain local flavor to it. It's 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 up to Jesse Marsh to shape. The, the team on the field in, you know, uh, guided by that philosophy, but obviously uh, he has a different set of players from, from those in Europe. Um, and it's up to Ali Curtis to make the system function um, as best it can in an MLS setting um, to the benefit not just of us, but also of Salzburg and Leipzig. So that's that's my view on the, on the matter. And I think it's a very good thing. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, look... I- I, uh, I don't necessarily entirely disagree. I definitely think that there seems to be more uh, communication between 
New York and Austria. And that is a good thing. That is absolutely a good thing. It's good for the team. It's good to have the whole organizational focus. Um, you know, I, I think what the Twitter spat happened between me and Austin is that I said, I called the firing of Mike, Mike Pecky a harsh necessity. Uh, yeah, I called it a harsh necessity. And, uh, you know, I look at it in the ways of when the Yankees got rid of uh, Buck Showalter and Joe Torre came in and did a tremendous job. Obviously, Marsh and Ali Curtis have not won an MLS Cup yet, so that still remains to be seen. Um, you know, my my whole thing is that I think there is more Curtis and Marsh in this than the, the second article that came out once a Metro, I think, gave them more credit than the first. Um, but I think there's a, they're the brains behind this. I, I think MLS minds are key to succeeding in this league. Um, you know, and, you know, Bach and Solaire, they're okay. Uh, Roxburgh and Pecky were obviously better. Um, but if you look at the style of play, it's certainly not outside the realm of possibility that they could have dictated from Austria to Mike Pecky, you're going to play this high press system and this is kind of how, how it's going to work. But I just don't see that as the case. And, and I think a lot of people have pointed out, pointed to Marsh's, uh, season in, Montreal, like, oh, he only got 12 wins. Who was he? You know, but, or who was he before he came here? But, you know, he was an assistant with the national team. Uh, that 12-win season was with an expansion side. It's the, it matched the other best, you know, expansion side, uh, you know, uh, debut, which was the Seattle Sounders. Um, and I, t- I tweeted out, you know, in 2013, when they were looking for a head coach before they settled on Mike Pecky, I said, I want Jesse Marsh. You know, I want an MLS insider, and uh, I thought that he was unceremoniously dumped in Montreal. So um, my real just opinion is that, yes, I do think Austria said this is how we want to play, but I do think Ali Curtis and Jesse Marsh are the keys to implementing it, especially with all their MLS insider knowledge and all that good stuff. All right, so I, I, I certainly agree with you that – the reason Marsh and Curtis were appointed um, was to bring the expertise that they have to to the to the program the Red Bull wants to implement. And I think we haven't seen the biggest test for Curtis yet. Um, Jesse's job is pretty clear. Jesse's job is to is to get this team as good as it can be um, under the under the system. He's doing very well. Um, that's a very complex tactical system. It's got all sorts of variations. There's a lot he can do there. And uh, when he says, when he keeps saying we're not finished yet, um, absolutely I believe him. This team could be playing very differently next year without actually philosophically having changed that much in terms of the different the way they arrange the pieces that they have. Um, and it's playing a relatively simple style of the uh, of the tactic, and that's not a bad thing. That's not a criticism. You, know, you rely on a coach to make common sense decisions about what these players can do well, and the coach, coach's only job is is to win a game every every ninety minutes or so, um, and he's doing that very well. Curtis, I think, the real test of his expertise is going to come with player transfers in and outside the Red Bull system. Um, if we do what they want us to do we will start to develop players, more Miazgas, basically. And we know Leipzig likes Miazga. They they scouted, they had Miazga in Leipzig before we signed him, remember, um, when he was 17. And about three months after that, he, he turned pro with us in, in New York. Um, so he's been, he's been studied closely, and I think what Red Bull would like to do is have the 
is know that it can, when it wants to, when it's appropriate for all, for all the teams, uh, loan players back and forth or transfer players out or in. Um, and it needs expertise, and Curtis has that expertise. It's not easy. It may not even be possible, but uh, I think if Curtis can't do it, there probably aren't very many people out there who could figure out how, how to do it. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you in that sense. Curtis and Marsh are here because they have a certain expertise that recommends them to the task. I think where we differ is, for me, it's a task that is is defined and set out by, by Red Bull uh, insofar as they've appointed they appointed Ralph Rangnick in 2012. And my concern now is what happens to this plan if Ralph goes away? Uh, what happens to this plan if Ralph Rangnick is no longer in charge of something in the Red Bull system? I, I, I'm not... I'm not scaremongering, I, there's no particular indication at this point that his, his job is in any danger. Um, uh, and while he's in charge, the other, the other thing just to bear in mind, uh, insofar as history as a guide, um, he has a history, of, at least in Red Bull, of making somewhat impatient decisions, um, at least in my opinion. Uh, as, a, as, as, as one pointed out in the, in the Ralph Ball piece, um, when Rangnick came in in 2012, he basically just cleared out all the coaches in Leipzig and Salzburg, despite the fact that they had been pretty successful, and basically what he did in New York. Uh, and credit to Rangnick, he, he reaches for guys to coach who he clearly believes philosophically are aligned with what he's trying to achieve. He's not all that interested in reputation. So, ironically... Um, Pecky was kind of the successful coach shunted out the way for the unknown. Uh, although I think for a lot of people, Marsh represents a sort of more polished figure. Um, but I, I think from Ralph's perspective, he promoted a mid-table Bundesliga 2 coach to take over Salzburg from the guy who had just won their first double in their history. Uh, he promoted a career fourth division coach uh, to take over Leipzig from a guy who had won titles in Austria. Um, he doesn't, he's not too concerned about reputation. He's concerned about your coaching style and philosophy. I don't know if Rangnick had any involvement in Marsh's appointment. I'm just saying it fits a pattern. Um, and the other part of that pattern is if you don't get the results he's looking for, uh, even if things seem to be kind of okay, uh, then you're out the door. So that's what happened in Leipzig last season um, when you had Zerniger who I believe had taken Leipzig through back-to-back promotions and then stalled in Bundesliga 2. They didn't get promoted last year. It went terrible, they just didn't get promoted at the very first attempt. Zerniger is now out, and Rangnick is in charge in Leipzig. Um, the coach changed in Salzburg as well, but for a different reason. Roger Schmidt had got so hot um, that he got a better job offer, basically. Um, so those are the two things that I, I would be concerned about if we are now in the Ralph Ball era. Uh, with regard to Jesse Marsh. One, he may be held to a very unreasonably high standard, and I think Pecky was held to the same standard, um, and be out in a way that we find to be premature in the not-too-distant future. Or two, uh, more likely on his current trajectory, he may just overheat. Um, he may become too good a coach for Red Bull York and move on somewhere else, because this system is very fashionable right now, and he's very good at managing it. And I... I- I was just saying, I hope he understands the concept of this is Major League Soccer with salary capped and mm-hmm. 
you know, magic maneuvers. So you, you just can't have the same expectations for your European teams that you can for a team where you can only have uh, three high-paid players. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I mean, I think we're, we're very clearly following the transfer strategy and, and squad building strategy. And I, I, I have to assume that this year is kind of a – I think we're way ahead of schedule. Um, the Roger Schmidt didn't win anything as far as I know in his first year at Salzburg. And then in the second year at Salzburg, they, uh, they, they started to become regarded as one of the most sort of tactically advanced, wonderful football playing teams in Europe. And that team then probably got gutted, uh, by bigger clubs in Europe coming for their players, by Leipzig coming for basically whatever was left over, uh, and by, by Schmidt, um, heading off to Leverkusen. Um, I don't know that we we're insulated a little bit. We're not going to get ravaged in quite the same way by our own success because of the way MLS is set up. Um, but yeah, you're right. The if we win the Shield this year, part, it's partially because we played very well, but it's also because this is a really really odd year. The Shield at the moment could be won by a team with fewer points than. The last time we won it, and the last time we won it, we had 59 points, and that's the lowest amount of points that anyone's won the Shield with since the league went to 34 games. Um, this is just this this is a parity-stricken year, and that's why the Shield race is so open. So on the one hand, we could win the Shield, and everyone will be saying hooray, and on the other hand, just bear in mind that most years, 57, 58, 59 points does not win you the Shield. Uh, and does not mean that you are you are a crackerjack team. A crackerjack team is getting 65 to 68 points. I'm not sure anyone's ever got higher than 67 in a, in 34 game seasons. But high 50s most years uh, gets you kind of the upper reaches of your conference. It's going kind to of wear off uh, where Hans Bakker was was topping out every year. Um, so yeah, I don't know if Ralph really has a a close handle on on that kind of level of detail. Um, and that's what I would. That's that's what troubles me slightly. But we'll see. I think this year, Jesse and Ali should be absolutely safe. Um, but to return to to Pat's first point, um, I I can't endorse the idea that firing Pecky was a was has proven to be a necessity because my whole take on Pecky is that he defied expectations to begin with. Um, the winning. Winning the he was never supposed to win the shield that, that year. If you remember the way that year started, it was basically an utter shambles. We had missed out on uh, at least one coach, um, and it's not too much of an exaggeration to say basically they had a team hanging out on the side of the field waiting to start training for preseason, and they needed a coach, so they hired Mike Pecky. If Pecky had stumbled and we had lost the first ten or, or games of that season, he would have been fired. They would have figured something out. And everyone would have said, well, you know, sorry, Mike, you just weren't ready for it on this occasion. But he didn't. He won the Shield, and then they were kind of stranded because they had to keep him on board. Um, so two years later, he gets fired. And when I hear people say, well, you know, he's not a great coach. He was never a great coach. He's not tactically astute. He doesn't play this fancy style that Jesse plays. He doesn't have that kind of ability. He had to go. Absolutely, I agree with you. That's what Ali Curtis thought. Um but I look at it and think, the man shocked us for two years. He completely outperformed expectations for two years. And why wouldn't you give him a chance to do it for a third? Um, now, the decision is taken. Um, you know, um, my, my tears for my pecky are shed. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with where we are right now. 
But when we keep coming back to it and saying, oh, look, it was the right decision now because we're good, no, it was never the right decision and it never will be. Um, it's just a decision that was taken, and it hasn't hurt us as a club, and that's great. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I expected some uh, fireworks there, but I guess it's not going to happen. So <laughs> I'm a much calmer person than you think I am. <laughs> Austin, right. you ignorant slut. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we're, we're going to wrap this up since it's a, a little bit of a long interview for us. So, um, Austin, uh, obviously, once a metro is where people can read your stuff, but where can they follow you on uh, Twitter? I I'm well, basically just follow Pat, and I'll pop up in his. Literally <laughs> <laughs> abusing him for no reason at all. <laughs> I am at Canetop on Twitter. Feel free to mute, block, or otherwise take evasive action. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Austin, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll have more Red Bull rant right after this. Thanks a lot, gents. Welcome back to Red Bull Rant. Once again, I want to thank Austin Fighter for coming on the show. Um, Truman, I don't know about you, but I, I felt like there would have been more fireworks there. That's all right. You know, sometimes peace is, uh, peace is yeah. what we need. All you need is, that, is love. I'm not going to tell somebody he's an idiot for his uh, opinion. Does he mean you just call him an idiot? <laughs> I mean, I'm. don't get me wrong. I'm right. But, you know. <laughs> all right. So um, <clears throat> before we talk about the town hall, uh, which we will talk about a little bit, um, Let's look at the playoff picture real quick. Uh, the Red Bulls, after the win against DC, currently sit two points back of first place in Eastern Conference, uh, which is DC right now. They have three games in hand on uh, United, so very good chance for them taking over <clears throat> the Eastern Conference uh, top spot. In terms of the Supporters' Shield, they are f- currently four points back of leaders LA Galaxy, uh, who they have three games in hand on also. Uh, Vancouver Whitecaps currently sit second in the West, and above the Red Bulls in the Supporter Shield standing. So <clears throat> Red Bulls have two games on them. So, uh, again, kind of good situation for the Red Bulls to be in. Uh, obviously, we'd rather have them be up top, but within striking distance in this home stretch. Um, in terms of games left, the Red Bulls are tied for second in terms of games left with nine. Uh, the only other team that has more than them right now is Montreal Impact with 11 and that's because they played in the CCL final, so they got all that help at the beginning of the year. Um, going based on points per game, both home and away, which I have a spreadsheet. I actually plan to put this at one spreadsheet at some point. Um, <clears throat> so based on points per game, the Red Bulls, if they keep to form, will finish the season with 57 points, which will tie them with Vancouver if the Vancouver stays to form. So it looks like to be a very tight race at Eastern Conference and Supporters Shield finals because uh, – L.A. would be 55 and uh, D.C. 53. And uh, actually, L.C. Dallas would come in at 54. So it, it, if that's if people stay to form, um, obviously things will change. We have two more games against Chicago and how the first one went. So, um, so we'll see how that goes. But anyway, let's move on to the town hall. Uh, like we mentioned with Austin, the town hall <coughs> was held uh, yesterday, which would be Wednesday. It's supposed to be listed on Friday. A uh, completely different atmosphere from the first time around. A lot less cur- actually, pretty much no cursing. Um, only like one. Or two- Best Tina instructed. 
True. That that yeah. that was instructed at the beginning. Um, <coughs> this time it was officially on the record, unlike January, which was quote off the record, but then the Red Bulls released audio anyway. Um, and uh, a lot more. I think there's only like one or two people that really had pointed comments towards the guys on stage. Aside from that, everybody else was either apologetic for being upset or uh, happy for where the Red Bulls were. I'm going to run down uh, like four of the major talking points, and we'll, we'll each give our thoughts on what's going on. Uh, so first, um, and th- this is kind of a, a big thing, if the supporters groups of the New York Red Bulls are able to get more registered members, the team is open to expanding the South Ward. So that's a that's a big thing. Uh, someone asked about a throwback Metro Stars jersey. Uh, the team said that MLS is trending away from third jerseys, especially in the case of the Red Bulls, where uh, there's not enough current sales of jerseys to justify making a third jersey, um, you know, the whole cost versus profit thing. Uh, New York Red Bulls 2, their situation with Columbia, they only played one game there because the pres- the, the college has a new president now. He wanted to change the terms of the deal, and the Red Bulls basically said, nope, we're going to back out now. Um, they're looking for a new stadium, uh, something that was called, quote, intimate and hyper-local. I don't know what hyper-local means, but I'm pretty sure... Hyper-local famous. combo! <laughs> I'm guessing that means somewhere in East Hanover, near the training facility. Yeah, um, right. Probably. Yeah, so, with that, there is a USL mandate to reach, I think it's five, or at least have a plan for 5,000 seats by 2017. So, I mean, that's... Doesn't the Rebels have to take into account? And then the last thing, and this is probably one of the biggest things, um, in response to a question about English broadcast radio, which is something that fans have been asking for since early on, um, while there will not be terrestrial radio, the Red Bulls are going to be the first team in MLS to have a 24-7 online streaming radio channel uh, through the service TuneIn. Um, presumably, both the MLS and USL matches will be streamed on there. <clears throat> either live or tape delayed based on when scheduling happens. And got to imagine they have some stuff lined up. I, I read somewhere that I think it's been in the works since April, and they're just trying to get all the legal paperwork before it happens. Uh, I, I've reached out to the team for comment about a launch date and programming notes, and uh, but that was only like a few hours ago, so I haven't gotten a response yet. So uh, <clears throat> I guess we'll start with you, Pat. What, what are your thoughts on the town hall? Uh, I mean, first of all, I mean, I'm just, I'm really happy that, you know, for the most part, everyone behaved themselves. And even, you know, the two points of contention I may have had, they did more or less behave themselves. So, um, you know, it's, I, I tweeted out, you know, that uh, this is a town hall. I'm actually, that made me, whereas the last town hall embarrassed me as a Red Bull fan, uh, this one made me proud to be a Red Bull fan. So uh, kudos to everybody went and every, all that good stuff. Um my, uh, I think my highlight would have to be having Tina Savasio say Mr. Boots and Pants. That was, uh, <laughs> tremendous. That really made my day. Uh, and then everything else you, you mentioned, uh, you know, it's like, I, you know, I'm totally on board with, uh, I will say this, Red Bull Rant listeners, start tweeting at the team, uh, that we get the after dark slot. Yeah. On, uh, on the 24 hour seven. I mean, come on. They're gonna need programming. Uh, there's no reason. I mean, we, we've even had a little private discussion. If the Red Bulls are willing to bring us into the tune in radio, we'll clean it up a little, okay? Alright, just, just bring us a in. A little. Give us some of that internet money and we will, uh, we will clean it up, uh, you know? So, uh, <laughs> you know. Which so I, think, I think mainly is me. I think, I think I'm the main issue in terms of that at the moment. 
Yeah, you probably are the worst in the cursing, but uh, you know, so just uh, yeah, you know, start tweeting a team that you want to hear the Red Bull rant on the twenty four seven, like the midnight slot. You know, that the slot that gets a little dirty, a little saucy, a little edgy. You don't know where they're coming from. You know, like seeing Reds like the little bunny coming in. Well, we got these big bear claws. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, more references for people. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag RB late night. Yeah, RB late night. You know, a Red Bull rant after dark. Yeah, come on, you all want to see it. Um, as for the major talking points, I think Jay said it, the stadium that, I mean, they're talking about expanding East Hanover. Uh, Truman and I went to the game at East Hanover. It was great. Uh, putting a small stadium in there would be great. They, they, I wouldn't be shocked if they might have to have deal, they might have to, have, you know, get that over with the East Hanover planning board or whatever, but. Yeah, the, um, the current expansion plans don't include 5,000 seats, so. The, but, you know, they haven't built anything, so things can be changed. True. Uh, you know, so, uh, the so supporter group sections. Um, you know, if you want more supporters in there, yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, start drafting people in, uh, start being nicer to new people, uh, which, you know, has certainly been a problem. Don't get in fights outside of your bar. That could be a problem as well. Uh, don't get fights in the supporter section like me and Truman saw. Uh, oh, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, you saw the beginning of the DC game. Um, you know, and that, that will all go towards, you know, bringing more people in. Uh, I didn't hear about this fight, by the way. Yeah, okay. we for, we completely forgot to talk about it. We'll talk about it in a second. Um, and the third jersey, look, uh, you know, and there was rumblings of rah, 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 when he said there would be no third jersey, but it, it's true. I mean, look, if they're not selling the main jerseys, there's no point in making a third. And I hate to tell you, and I've hammered this before, there's like 30 or 40 of you who really want that Metro Stars jersey. I mean, most of us don't care. It's a hideous jersey. It's horrible looking, you know, and it's just, you know, it's not something that I'm not buying it. That's for sure. I can tell you that right now. You know, it's my, my throwback is the Cosmos. It's not the Metro stars. So, uh, you know, I'm not there. And, uh, I mean, if we want to talk fight, we can do that or Truman, you can hammer off on your opinions. Yep. I, well, let town hall first for Jersey, which is clearly never going to happen. Uh, there were some sexy ass Metro stars jerseys. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Some years were kind of, uh, there was, man, when they wore like these all white things, oh, oh, ah, horrible. <laughs> I've just seen the hideous black and red ones. They did oh, have, well, they had some, so actually, I loved, part, I loved part some of, that, of the part of that jersey jerseys. stuff. Um, so the question, the original question also included a red jersey and basically, oh, hold on. Oh, oh sorry. I, I, I was going to get to that. You're, okay. you're, you're you just spoiling my fun. You go ahead. So, yeah, so some, a uh, fan did bring up, um, when are we going to have a red jersey? And they said home team, you know, home jersey will always be white, you know, maybe an away jersey. People, do we forget 2006 already? <laughs> do you know what color their away jerseys were? I believe red. Red. Red jerseys. If there's a, this crazy thing, they just invented it, Jay. It's called Google. Okay. If you go on this Google.com, www.google.com, okay, there's a little search bar, and you type in there, New York Red Bulls 2006, you can imagine the images you'll see. It's amazing. Are you doing it right now? Is that what you're doing, Jay, right now? Yes, www.google.com. Metro, sorry, no, not Metro, sorry. New York Red Look, look, it's Bulls. Half, the magic's happening right now. Here it is. Jersey, and Enter. that's it. Uh, well, searching just red jersey does not do enough. But nope. let's do two, let's add 2006 on the end. 2006. Cause... You got to put in 2006. Oh, there we big... go. Oh, there look at go. that. 
Feel the magic, everybody. It was a red jersey with white shorts. Yep. And red socks. Yep, there you go. So there's your red jersey, okay? And uh, a smaller Red Bulls logo on the on the um, sponsor crest. Right. What insanity that it actually happened and people forgot about it. But, in, in fairness? Well, this team only started in 2010. No offense to you guys. I'm, I'm just joking with other fans. but um, <laughs> In fairness, I actually would like to have a red jersey. I, I, I at least acknowledge that there was a, was a red jersey at one point. I would like to number it back. Yeah. No, I think the red jersey was cool. And and you know what? Uh, someone I think on Twitter said, you know, or maybe it was the question at Town Hall. I forget exactly where I heard it, but it's like we went after the phrase "New York is red," yet we're wearing a blue jersey as a way. It kind of makes sense. It does. It does. Um, but the one thing you'll notice, and especially with this team, is that they don't wear the away colors that often. They don't. They only wear the away colors when they're forced to buy the team they're playing. Right, and that's again, that's not really that often because a lot of the teams wear dark at home. So you you don't you don't see it too often. Yeah. The only problem with the red jersey is it would eliminate the magic golden shorts. Yeah. Of the of the blue and gold. Why? Why because red and gold work? just doesn't look it no, it doesn't look good. Well, it's in the Red Bull logo. It trust me. Don't make me call some kind of fashion expert on this show and <laughs> debate debate style. Is Tim Gunn gonna show up all of a sudden just <laughs> how color palette break- works? He'll break it's it not down. Yellow with red, ever. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm uh, moving on from that. You know, I'll agree. It was a very nice town hall. Uh, my only slight issue is that if you do have a if you do have a contentious question, uh, be act like an adult when you ask it, and don't don't make cry follow up comments. That's <laughs> about it. Uh, people don't know the definition of follow up question, which they asked you four thousand times not to ask, and everyone had a follow up question. So, Tina should have laid down the law, but she's too nice to do that. Um, Red Bulls radio is going to be awesome. I can't wait for Dax and the Dog from 6 to 10 a.m. in the morning. That's going to be my favorite show. Oh, I don't know why. I just, I, I just remembered this. So For some reason, when you said Dax, it reminded me. The other thing, the Red Bulls are now so focused on nutrition and fitness that players have to log what they eat, what they drink, how much yeah. they sleep. I want that app. Where and is if, that they, app? if they don't use the app, apparently they get fined for it. Yeah, I want that app. What is it? Someone find out for me. Mm-hmm. Tweet it, it to me. I want to know this app. app. Some sort of like custom app made by the Red Bulls. I want it. I want it. Yeah, I get the app. Like, how many calories in this burrito? <laughs> Two thousand. You must go for a run. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna find me? Find me, Jesse. You gotta find um, me before you can find me. <laughs> so, so my thoughts. Um, first. I'm glad that my tweet got through. Second, I, I find it completely funny that I screw up names a lot. Tina Sebastio basically tried to read my last name, said fuck it, and then just went right to my Twitter handle. <laughs> She's Italian. She should have known how to pronounce it. I, you'd be surprised. Ugh. But I, I just find it funny that she like hesitated for a second. She's like, fuck. She basically mentally said fuck this and went right to my Twitter handle, which is kind of funny. Um, so let's see. Um, online streaming radio is good. People have been, I mean, people have been wanting some sort of out-of-match coverage, I guess is the best way of saying that. From Terrestrial Radio, we're not going to get it. You know, it's a crowded sports market. Taking out NYCFC and the Cosmos, you have nine professional teams between the NHL, the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball. There's not enough time on the radio for us right now, trust me. And and let's put it this way. Mark DeCrampere is right. We are going, we are hitting, you know, 
straight long into a streaming, an era of streaming content. I mean, we're there already. We're, we're there. Yeah, it, it's what it's radio. You idiots. Uh, before you know it, FM is just going to be playing that polka that you find on that weird AM station. <laughs> you know, like, we're, we're, we're on the way. Focus? But yeah, so I mean, I, I I can admit that you know, AM FM print media is they're all in a downswing. So I have no problem with this. Um, Nobody should. I'm sorry. If you don't have a smartphone, they can have an app to play stuff that you can plug into your car. Boo bootity hootity. I just listen to podcasts to and from work. I don't even bother with the radio anymore. No, who does? It's terrible. When, when my wife's in the car, we have a, a little USB drive that's plugged into our car to give us music. Dude, yeah. the radio is straight up. Uh, DJs, quote unquote DJs now, are given a set list by the, 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 by the uh, station manager. And they go, here's what you're playing today. So who They're- gives a shit? The, the only like, good, the only good part of radio is talk radio, but again, right, podcasts, podcasts are taking over. Yeah, T- kind of like how Ralph tells tells uh, Jesse Marsh and Ali Curtis what to do. Um, so uh, let's see, having these town hall meetings on a regular basis and being somewhat open in answers is actually pretty good. I mean, that's kind of surprising. Um, Dax McCarty it has another year, a contract option year for the team. Uh, apparently they'll wait till the end of the season before they they talk about it. But so he could be around next year without having to re up. Um, I, I was it was pretty much all positives that came out of all the all the answers we got were positive. It's like you know, all the stuff that Red Bulls fans have been wanting, we're pretty much getting. The only real issue, well, not even real issue, but the only real complaint last night was one person saying I didn't get to see the Chicago Fire match, which Dax said, "Be glad you didn't." Yeah, but, that was great. <laughs> But I mean, there's nothing the Red Bulls can do about MSG being or seen on Time Warner Cable. That's a Time Warner Cable issue. So if that's the biggest complaint on the night, then that's pretty good. Yeah. Um. So let's get into since since we're I guess cutting starting to cut it close. <clears throat> Truman, mm-hmm. time for your terrible team of the week. All right. Well, Jay, you say we're cutting it close, but I got I got plenty more to talk about. There's a few more topics, but and plus plus editing and all that stuff. I know, but yeah. right, right, right. But uh, listen, I, I, we're gonna mention this other team after this. Uh, one of our listeners wanted to be uh, Smurf City, but we got plenty to talk about with those hosers. But <laughs> Philly, you embarrass yourself on the field, play wise, yeah. But when you have a player spit gum onto a downed opponent at the end of the game, you are a disgrace. To soccer, a complete disgrace, and that was uh, what Christian uh, Maidana, uh, I believe his name is. Truman, did you do you hear that? What he said afterwards? What did he say? That that sometimes the gum just falls out of his mouth. Wow, I'm sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's, 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 that's that was his excuse for this incident that the gum happened to fall out of his mouth. Right, and sometimes Rafa accidentally steps on guys' faces, <laughs> or kicks the ball, or falls down, or whatever. Yeah, that is. Absolutely dis- a disgusting display. Um, so I don't care if another team lost 12-0. That, that makes you a terrible team is when you have one of your top players do something like that. Completely embarrassing. And we know, like we said, we had Rafa Marquez. We know. It doesn't have to be a top player. Any player that does that shit deserves to get called out. Yep, it's absolutely disgraceful. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, I'm sorry, Philly. You're you're our number one target yet again. Yeah, well, I mean, they, this is Philadelphia, the city that destroyed Travelbot, a robot nobody gave a <laughs> shit about until it was destroyed. Hitchbot, lonely. 
Well, people gave enough of a shit to give him a, a ride once in a while, but yeah, I, I, I th- that baffles me that people just destroyed a basically a garbage can with computer <laughs> parts. Like, what's the point? Although it, it is Philly, so I mean, right? They're an angry city. So much for brotherly love. Um, all right. So dumping ground news. Um. I have to t- I have to bring this up because I kind of made a point about this using the once a metro Twitter handle. Um, th- apparently, some I guess third rail members or 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 somebody in the um, supporters sections at Yankee Stadium uh, got into a fight. Security apparently came in, apparently escalated the situation, and then the cops came in and tasered some people. Uh, I don't know the whole the whole like true timeline of events. It's all secondhand, but that part isn't the issue for me. It's the plea for help from the third rail afterwards that pisses me off. You mean their their pathetic petition, which, uh, which has which has since been updated since they were called out, by the way. Right, because right, um, we're going to talk about it. So they decided in the petition, they decided to petition the Yankees and uh, Manchester City to provide them a better atmosphere. Which don't get me wrong, they I, I am on board with that idea mm-hmm. of attending a soccer match and not having to worry about security and police getting off in your business and destroying whatever fun you're having. Right, but when you take when you take that serious plea and you add in a pot shot about being better supporters than the team across the river, who kicked you, your ass three times, you can go fuck yourself. Yep. And somebody <clears throat> mentioned that they were part uh, members of the Independent Supporters Council, and I said if I was on that council, I would say fuck you to that team until they apologized. I don't even want an apology. No, no, fuck it. They just they have to apologize. If they want help from other other supporters groups. They should apologize. Yeah, it's one thing. It's one thing to taunt about a game. It's another thing to take a cheap shot at another team, uh, another group of supporters that would probably be willing to help you, unless you didn't take that shot in the first place. Right, especially uh, supporters who dealt with Giant Stadium and the yellow shirts, you know, the, or the yellow jackets, you know, for several several years, being thrown out for the most ridiculous reasons ever, and being banned from Giant Stadium and being thrown around and. You know, we know what it's like to deal with these assholes. Oh, and, and uh, you know, and owners like a stadium owners that you are the second class citizens. Oh, and side note, um, touting the fact that you've reduced smoke use since taking over is not a pro when you guys went away to Red Bull Arena and you smoke again in direct violation again of the policies laid forth in front of you. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's the whole thing. I'm like, it's just kind of like. I, you know, you know, I don't even know if I would have been on board for supporting them to begin with, considering that they've clearly made asses themselves away multiple times, not just in Red Bull Arena. I mean, there's a reason there's a league-wide ticket reduction on them. Um, you know, so I don't even necessarily buy that whoever got tased definitely didn't deserve to be tased, you know? Well, it's just, I, I'm, not spe- I'm not speaking to the specific incident. I'm just saying that if it's a general plea of we want to be treated well, I can understand it. I don't know all the shit that's gone down in Yankee Stadium, so I can't speak to what exactly they've been dealing with. But I, I, I agree with you there. Yeah, the, the basic "let us be soccer fans." Yeah, I, I'm on board. That that sucks, but yeah, like I, I'm assuming, I, I would hope anyway that the reason the New York City Police Department pulled out tasers was because somebody was a threat and he, mm-hmm. and, and needed to be subdued in some way. But Without knowing the, all the specifics and only going by the thir- the secondhand account of someone who apparently was running down the ramp towards the incident as was happening, I can't go by any of that. Mm-hmm. So, 
right, anything else for the dumping ground? No, that was that was my big thing. Oh, uh, we got we got to talk about the fight real quick. Yeah. Oh, that's right. This fight I didn't know about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pat, you want me to do it or? Hey, go for it. All right. So uh, this is the first time in Red Bull Arena that I have ever not sat in the South Ward, which was really weird. Sat in the upper corner, the corner uh, on the South Ward side. Uh, closer to where the Viking army is. So that end, looking down, you're looking straight at the Viking army. And we're talking just before kickoff. Like, the players were getting ready to kick the ball off. Mm -hmm. Apparently, a DC fan thought it was a great idea to walk down into the end of the Viking army section. Now, we don't know what he started doing because, obviously, we looked down and he was already down there. Yeah. You can imagine what the reaction was. was. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, the guy was getting heckled. I don't know if he got shoved. But security came down, and it was great because the entire South Ward then knew there was something going on, knew there was a guy there. Everyone was chanting asshole over yep. and over again, which was great because it was it was all the way down to the GSU section. Like, everybody was chanting it. Yeah. Uh, the guy flipping everybody off, getting in people's faces, and then who we didn't see exactly what happened, but – Oh, well, he's fighting with a couple of Red Bull fans, <laughs> and it was a nice little fracas going on in this section. So the guy eventually did get pulled out, and I think we saw at least one Red Bull fan get kicked out, and I don't know how many more. Um, yep. That guy did not get in too much trouble because we saw him uh, in Newark after the game. Yeah. So he was, he didn't end up in jail. He just ended up outside. Right. He the just got tossed out. I'm sure it's just for the night. Yeah. You know, who knows if the guy said anything or if the guy's just like, "Hey, I'm just going to take a swing at this dude because he's a DC fan." Whatever. Yeah. Don't know the details, but uh, I mean, this was happening just before kickoff. I don't know how many more of these stupid Smurf team and DC guys and Philly, Philly, they've all done it. All three of them. Mm-hmm. I thought a great idea to come into this section and start shit. Yeah. So just, someone's going to learn their lesson at some point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just ridiculous. And it's uh, in the end, it's like someday it's just going to escalate and it's going to get worse and it's just going to be a black eye on the game. And that's what people, once again, that will be the new story that non soccer news coverage cap, you know, covers. So it's just like, just cut it out. It's, you know, it's, it's like, I think I said it after the new, the bellow brawls, you know, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but on best soccer show, Jason Davis is like, Hey, guess what? You know, you probably listen to the same bands as that guy. And you probably like the same music, the same uh, movies as that guy. You just like different soccer teams. Why are you fighting over it? It's so stupid. And it's just, it's, you know, and to just so obviously incite it to run into a supporter second. It's just, it's a clear meathead. And what are you going to do? Some people just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. Some people just like to watch the world burn. That's right. I, I can't do the accent. <laughs> then again, that's never been my strong suit on the show, has it? So, no. I've always been the, uh, the, the semi-serious host, apparently. Impersonations and name pronunciations, just straight out. Yeah. No, none of those. Nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> the only thing I contributed to this show was being here. <laughs> yeah. And you edit like a motherfucker. Yeah. Quote, edit. Yeah. Anyway. Placeholder uh, and editor. Uh, so let's wrap this one up. Wait, uh, hold on. We, we got oh, one. Yeah. I got to do one more thing real quick because I right. said we were going to in a show. Uh, I'm going to give you guys, uh, you're just going to pick a number one oh, to five. Good. I forgot about this. Okay. Good. I'm going to give you, you're going to have to pick a number one to five. And I'm going to pick one, too, and I'm going to have you predict an MLS game since there's no Red Bulls game this week. 
So, so we, are we picking the same? Or can we pick the no, same no, numbers no. or different? No, you, you cannot pick the same numbers. We're all going to pick a different number. Okay. okay? Um, I, I'm actually looking. I, I'm I'm going to cheat. So, but Pat, you pick a number first, one to five. Uh, two. Two. J. Four. Four, and I'll pick three. I don't even know. Okay. Apparently, we don't like those those one and fives numbers. Okay, so number three was uh, one, two, three. Who, who, I picked number three, right? Yes. Um, okay, so I'm going to pick Seattle, Toronto. In Seattle, uh, guys, do I ever pick Toronto to win a game? Nope. Well, I'm not going to start now. Two nothing, Seattle. <laughs> All right. Uh, who picked number four? I did. You have San Jose at home hosting. The Worms, Philadelphia. Oh, please. This is gonna, San Jose's going to win. Come on. Uh, going to win what? It's, it's going to be 3 nothing. Philadelphia just Philadelphia's that bad, and San Jose's on a hot streak. I mean, it's just like a no-brainer. All right. Pat, you picked the numero five? Uh, two. Oh, you picked number two. I'm sorry. Number two. Uh, the Habs are hosting the uh, Chicago Fire. Fire in Stadsaputo. Uh, I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Sounds about as exciting as that game will probably be. Yeah, exactly. Montreal hasn't been that great. They haven't gotten uh, uh, Drogba, you know, uncorked yet, so 1-1. All right, how about this? Let's throw this in. Let's pick number five, and all three of us do that one. Okay. Uh, uh, Number five is the crew hosting Dallas. Ooh. I'm glad I picked number five. Um, I'll go first. I'm going to say, is it this Sunday or Saturday? Just uh, it is Sunday's game. Uh, I'm going to go Dallas on the road. Dallas has been the stronger team for most of the season. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Dallas. Pat? Uh, I'm going to go 2-0 Columbus because Fabian Castillo is away with Columbia. Ooh. And I think this is going to be one of these wacky games. Uh, goals of plenty. I'll take Dallas winning three to two. There you go. And I'm not going to remember any of this, but I'm writing it down. Good. <laughs> All right. Those do not count towards our contest, by the way. No, no, we're just having fun. We're having fun. Uh, I guess a uh, final thing for the dumping ground. If you haven't listened to it yet, listen to Matt Doyle, the best thing that's on MLSsoccer.com on Extra Time Radio. Pretty much rip. Jurgen Klinsmann, a new one, and point out everything he is has and it has and is doing wrong, uh, especially in the last year. So uh, it's uh, some great analysis. Check it out. Wouldn't it just be easier to point out what he's done right? Uh, yeah, he ran a, a four-two-three-one that was working phenomenally in the hexagonal two-seven thirteen, and then he threw it all away. And they've been mediocre ever since. Eh, you know. Oh. All right, let's wrap this one up. Um, you can visit us at onesometric.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. Uh, help keep us uh, loud and independent. Patreon.com slash red bull rant. You can email us at red bull rant at gmail.com. Call us at 973-348-5329. Facebook.com slash red bull rant. On Twitter at red bull rant for the show. At Dr. Stooge for myself. At pmacda 2 for Pat. At the Truman for Truman. Subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at SoundCloud.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant, or whatever podcast catcher you happen to use. I don't think it really matters at this point. It's just everybody takes the feeds from everybody else. So, yeah. All right. Last words before we get out of here. 
Well, since there's no Red Bulls game, uh, Rutgers, why don't you go win and not embarrass yourself any further and get any more players arrested? What about USA? I, 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 Jay, I don't care about these games. I Fair don't enough. care about friendlies. <laughs> Do not care. Fair enough. Uh, I'll concur. Go Rutgers. Uh, go USA. I'm on board there too. And then, um, my, my, my one plea would be to the fans of the show when, uh, we ask what your opinions are on Twitter. Uh, the favorite is nice. Don't get me wrong. We like the favorite, but you know, we really do want your opinions though, so we can read them on the show. So, you know, it'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let me add this in since it is Labor Day weekend. Everybody have fun, but be safe. If you need Uber, I'd be there. <laughs> Hello, Uber. Oh, Pat. That's a guy. Right. So for Pat, Truman, and myself, this has been episode number 158 of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in, and as always, go Red Bulls. Peace out. Mates.